Welcome to Neighborly, a dwelling, house number 25, Little Street. Dear listeners, when you hear the word repression, what do you think? Do you picture a tyrant trampling a mob of revolting peons? Someone trying to push a lid onto an overrunning frothy pot? Whatever you might see, the word repression comes from a Latin compound word re, meaning again, and premere, meaning to press or overwhelm. This word, in turn, comes from a proto-Indo-European root meaning to strike. Repression can strike at any time, perhaps. Well, forgive me for waxing etymological for so long, but I would much rather go on this tangent than describe... House 25. House 25 was nondescript. It was an average size and an average shape. Its exterior was a dull beigeish colour, and its roof was made of dull slate. Everything about this house was boring infuriatingly so. But I mustn't dwell on how insipid this house is. It does not make for an interesting story, and the house is quite sensitive. CJ is really the subject of our story today. They woke up groaning and fumbled for their alarm. Ugh. Why did they set it that early on a holiday? They were tempted to just press snooze, but that would be unwise. Ven did not like to be kept waiting. CJ rolled out of bed, landing on both feet, like a ninja they'd always liked to imagine. They ambled over to their mist-stained dresser and looked inside a small cardboard box, scanning for the sixth largest crickets. They grabbed the bugs with their forceps and opened the cage of the beast. Hello, Ven, they greeted, fondness sweetening their voice like honey poured into warm tea. Breakfast! They put the crickets into the cage. Now that they had finished their only task that morning, CJ crawled back into bed. They should probably get an alarm that prevented them from going back to sleep, they mused. The whole point of an alarm was to get you up and out of bed. But they needed to get enough sleep so that they wouldn't be a cantankerous cranky pants. This house would not want a surly CJ in its midst. After waking up a second time, they went to their bookshelf. They spent a few minutes choosing, but settled on the same field guide to regional birds that they had been reading yesterday and the day before. They had read it cover to cover three times that week, each time annotating a new species. They scribbled furiously, well, fervently might be a better word for it, as they prided themselves on having an analytical mind unclouded by any mo- Oh. They had slashed a gash in one of the pages. They cursed their uncontrollable yet impressive strength, and the events started clattering. CJ rolled their eyes and kept reading. They were used to the house's antics. How could they not be, when they'd been living there for eighteen years? In fact, they were born in this very house. They'd cried, as humans often do when thrust into situations. But they'd quickly stopped. In fact, CJ was a happy child. They were seldom grumpy, and they never cried. Everything about House 25 was always pleasant. 
with no anger or sadness or discontent. And that was how it liked it. Aaron had embarked from House 13 earlier than normal that day to walk the cat. Perhaps Trixie was feeling a little restless, or perhaps he was. He fastened the harness and leash around her and set off. Since he started earlier, Aaron was able to go for a longer walk. So he did. Aaron glimpsed something out of the corner of his eye. He could have sworn he saw someone standing outside of House 25, staring intently across the street. Someone who looked just like his best friend, right down to her poorly dyed hair and her chipped black talons and her stumpy boots. He shook his head and she was gone. It couldn't be her. He couldn't let it be her. It was probably just a trick of the light. It was always a trick of the light with Aaron. He shrugged and decided to walk up to House 25, shuffling his feet one in front of the other as if drawn there by a magnet. They reached the top of the stairs, and Trixie curled up in the threadbare welcome mat, emitting good vibes only. Aaron fluffed his hair, trying to look presentable. He took a breath and knocked on the door. When CJ opened it, Aaron promptly forgot every greeting he had ever known, and the only thing that slipped out of his mouth was, Hey, is Agatha here? He looked around. CJ cocked their head. Agatha? No, I... I haven't seen her since... They tried to remember since he left school. Aaron tried not to look too relieved. Thanks, I'll... see you later, I guess. Aaron turned to leave, failing to conceal his growing disappointment. CJ watched Aaron leave. Something about him seemed... complex. CJ never knew emotions could be like that. They tried to get back to their bird book, but their mind kept wandering back to Agatha. Why would she come to House 25 of all places? CJ had never really interacted with Agatha much at school, let alone on Little Street. They'd always admired her style and envied her closeness with Aaron, but had always been a bit too shy to talk to her. So why were they feeling like this? Like what? They had noticed Aaron's posture and demeanor, but they couldn't bring themselves to feel very bad about it, which made them feel worse. After all, Aaron's best friend had been out of school for months, and they didn't know if she was coming back. They should be there for Aaron, right? They should feel bad. But they didn't. There was something holding them back. <clears throat> they yelled. Why can't I just feel normal about this? What? And then the house shook. Its windows rattled, the shutters going haywire. Its shelves launched a glass onto the floor where it shattered like CJ's reverie. Cursing under their breath, they grabbed a broom and dustpan and began to sweep it up. It was good to have something to do to distract them from their thoughts. Thoughts? Emotions? Could those be the same? They didn't know. They didn't really care. They felt like they probably should, but that would only make things harder. They finished sweeping up the glass. The air in the house was stifling. Maybe they should go get some fresh air. Step outside for a bit. Right. CJ didn't leave their house much, but now they needed some time to think. To process feel, and they found themselves walking towards House 13. They stepped over one of the cracks in the sidewalk and glanced at the neighbor's house, which was obviously a spaceship poorly concealed by a hologram. Huh, cool. They poked one of the lawn flamingos at the front of House 13. Phonocopterous ruber, polyethylene probably. They rang the doorbell. It wasn't Aaron who opened up. Hi, Dr. CJ, what a lovely surprise, beamed Roberta. Did you come to see Aaron? I'll go get him right now. 
Aaron, there's someone here to see you, she called as she went upstairs. A second later, Aaron flew down the stairs, tripping over his big stompy boots at breakneck speed. Hi, CJ, uh, what are you up to? He stammered. Do you want to come over to my house? To talk? I mean, to feel? Wait, no, I mean to talk. We could, uh, clean Ven's cage. Wait, no, that sounds boring. Um, do you want tea or something? Or blood? You drink blood, right? Yes, I'd love to come over. Reassuring his parents that he would be back before dinner, Aaron followed CJ back to House 25. It was a gorgeous day for walking, and the two teens exchanged glances and giggles. Their hands may have even brushed together once or twice. Well, we're here, CJ led Aaron up to the front door. They reached for it, then stopped about an inch away. It was such a beautiful day, they thought. Wouldn't it be so much nicer to stay outside for a while? To feel the warm glow of the sun on their skin and in their hair. To hear the breeze susurrating through the trees. Please stay outside. It's much more interesting outside. Stay. Thank you for indulging my little tangent, listeners. Again, I can't stand House 25, and I'm sure the feeling is quite mutual. They stayed outside for a while. Then CJ spoke. Hey, want some tea? Or lemonade? I could bring it out here. Aaron smiled. Yeah, lemonade would be nice. But... He waggled his eyebrows. Could I go inside and see Ven? I noticed she's not in your pocket today. It was true. The lizard was behind a door inside the house. An oversight on my part. CJ chuckled at Aaron's expression. Yes, let's go inside. Welcome to my house. Aaron stepped inside. CJ should probably tell him, right? But they didn't want to freak him out, drive him away. Hmm. Perhaps best not to talk about it. Let Aaron figure out the house's capriciousness by himself. Wouldn't want to ruin the surprise. So what did you want to talk about? Aaron asked inquisitively. Oh, stuff. I've been thinking. (laughs) Dangerous pastime, I know. Aaron laughed. What kind of stuff are you dangerously thinking about? Then, finished shedding their skin this morning, CJ offered. CJ. All right, all right. I was thinking about Agatha. I haven't been able to get her out of my head at all today. And I don't know why. Aaron looked at them. Yeah, that's how I've been feeling since... since a long time. But that's exactly what's so strange about it. It makes sense for you to be thinking about her. You're her best friend. I wasn't as close with her. CJ furrowed their brows. And how do you feel? CJ stopped walking. Feel? I feel like I'm thinking about Agatha more than usual. Yes, but what are you feeling? I don't know. I think I feel... bad? Because you miss her. But not that bad, since I didn't really know her. Then that makes me feel bad, because I should feel more bad, and if I don't feel bad, then I must be a bad person, or whatever. (laughs) Uh Why am I like this? Do you feel anything more specific? Aaron prompted, other than just... bad? I don't know. It all seems so complicated. Aaron nodded. CJ... It's okay to feel complicated about things. Emotions are hard. You don't have to have everything figured out. CJ stopped in their tracks. I don't think I have anything figured out. Aaron smiled softly at them. And that makes two of us. 
So, Aaron? Can you tell me a little bit more about Agatha? Aaron closed his eyes and pinched the bridge of his nose. Yeah, she's my best friend, and we would hang out every day, and... No, something I don't know. She likes royal icing. His face scrunched up. Do you not? No, CJ. Obviously, buttermilk frosting is superior. Royal icing. More like royal pain in the ar- I like how it crunches. Ugh, you too. With the casualness of someone looking for a missing sock, CJ asked, Could you tell me more about the last time you saw her? CJ, you were there. Aaron tried not to look upset, but failed to keep the jealousy out of his voice. At your house? But why would she come here? Is she trying to see you behind my back? Is she trying to avoid me? Aaron paused, thinking about what he was saying, and let out a soft breath. Ah, sorry. This whole situation is petty, and you probably don't care. CJ's expression darkened, and so did the lights, which started flickering erratically and the sink suddenly sprayed Aaron's face with cold water. He jumped, and when CJ went to grab a handheld to dry him off, they slammed the oven door shut, a warning to the house. Aaron began again, softer. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to panic. Is the power in your house okay? Yeah, the house is fine. CJ mumbled, eyes darting anywhere but Aaron's face, and then eventually settling on the floor. The house wasn't fine but they weren't going to say that. They could not ruin the experiment. By the way, Aaron gestured towards the cage. Why'd you name her Ven? CJ was relieved to change the subject. It's short for vending machine. Thought it'd be funny. Not Venn diagram? No, that's too obvious. If I were going to name a lizard Venn diagram, I'd shorten it to Gram. Aaron giggled. You come up with the most interesting names. He paused. What about CJ, then? Does that sound for anything? Cranberry juice. Cranberry juice? Aaron raised his eyebrow. Criminal justice. His other eyebrow shot up as well, reaching equilibrium. Callous jerkface. Aaron snorted. Where do you come up with all these jokes? Usually my brain. CJ looked down and didn't say anything for a while. Hey, CJ. Are you okay? Was it something I said? CJ sighed. No, it was something I said. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I, I think so. It's just that joke I made about being a callous jerkface. <laughs> Maybe the most hilarious person in the world. CJ's grin faltered, but it hit a little too close to home, and now I'm thinking about it. CJ, I don't think you're callous. I think you care, a lot, and I can tell you care about me. But what if you're just seeing what you want to see? I'm not actually that good of a person. I probably don't care, anyway. CJ, don't be so mean to yourself. You're only human. What am I supposed to do? Not be mean to myself? Yeah, you deserve kindness. And you're giving me too much of it, CJ hissed, an uncharacteristic coldness in their voice. Aaron looked taken aback, unused to this sort of thing from CJ. What's with this? Are you okay? No, Aaron, I'm not okay, they inhaled sharply. I'm sorry. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at all, they added, unconvincingly. Placing a calming hand on CJ's shoulder, Aaron assured them, CJ, it's okay to feel mad. Yeah, but I don't. I never do. I can never bring myself to care.
and that's making you more upset, Aaron realized. There was a slight pause, and then CJ nodded. Aaron spoke softly. You can't hide from your feelings forever. It's not good for you. CJ forced a smile again. Hey, I've been doing just fine for the past 18 years. And when Aaron's eyes widened in concerned shock, they muttered, Sorry, just trying to lighten the mood. But what else am I supposed to do? Face the music or something? And just then, House 25 knocked over CJ's harp. It thudded onto the floor with a melodic thrum and severed the cord to the lava lamp which had suddenly decided to go on a daring acrobatic adventure from its usual place on the shelf directly into Ven's cage, smashing it to smithereens. Shards of glass scattered across the room. CJ immediately launched themselves at the cage. Broken glass be damned. They'd had enough. That's it, they spat. You can hurt me all you want, manipulate me, force me to repress my emotions or whatever, but you don't get to hurt Aaron anymore, and you don't get to hurt Ven. Do you hear me? I won't let you. In response, the house rumbled and rattled its shutters. CJ clenched their jaw and went to shut them. But the shutters resisted. It was less that they opened back up again as if in the wind, but they physically resisted CJ's strength. CJ widened their stance, putting all of their weight behind it. Suddenly, they lurched forward as the house tried to pitch them out of the window. They stumbled, nearly falling out. Aaron, with his cat-like reflexes, reached out his right hand and grabbed their wrist, using himself as an anchor. After a moment, CJ studied himself and got up. Aaron was still holding CJ's wrist. Sorry, I'll let go. No. CJ was surprised by their own conviction. You can keep holding on. Actually, Aaron, my hand might be even better. CJ had no idea where this boldness had come from. Aaron looked at his hand and then at the floor. My hand, he echoed, staring at his tendons. Yeah, could I hold it? Let's take that glass out of your hands first. Those pieces might hurt Ven when we look for her. We should get gloves. But yes, <laughs> I'd love to hold hands. They both left to find the sink, and a door creeped open behind them. When they returned to the room, they were met by a pristine and notably unshattered cage. The food bowl was in a different spot than usual. There were new decorations, and Ven now dwarfed her sunning rock. Oh wow, is that Ven? I had always assumed she was much smaller, Aaron observed. Inspecting the unfamiliar animal, CJ concluded... She was. Around three inches smaller. Look. Looks like she's aged at least a year. But yeah, it's definitely her. See those three dots on her tail? Aaron nodded. CJ continued. She looks healthy. Her tail is so big now. CJ beamed proudly. But this is still really weird. Weird? CJ, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we live on Little Street. Well, you two are safe, that's all that matters. Hey, CJ? Yeah? You're a good friend. CJ bent down and picked up a soft porcelain clown doll. And a good ventriloquist, they squeaked. Aaron laughed, his eyes twinkling. CJ never wanted to stop seeing the mirth in those eyes. Will you go out with me, Aaron? CJ blurted out. 
Yes, but we were just outside. Will you go out with me on a date? A date? Wait, you like me? <laughs> CJ rolled their eyes playfully. Yes, I like you, even before you heroically saved my life. Aaron buried his face in his hands. Actually, yeah, let's go outside. Don't want to get third-wheeled by your house. On our date. He savored the word. Fourth-wheeled, CJ corrected. Obviously, then we'll chaperone. They failed to fit her into their shirt pocket. Hmm. Right. I'll just carry you in this box. And three occupants of the house went back out into the warm sun. Hey, CJ, Aaron asked. Could I take you up on your offer from earlier? Holding hands? Yeah! Hey, Ven, watch this! CJ nestled their hand into Aaron's. It was cool, and CJ thought they must have been sweating like a caffeinated hummingbird. They couldn't believe it. They were finally holding Aaron's hand, and he was holding theirs. Dinner came too fast, and when Aaron reluctantly went home, his family hounded him, asking him where they had gone, and did they have fun, and did he finally ask CJ out? They asked me out, actually. Ha! Pay up, love! Theodore grinned at Roberta, who groaned, rolled her eyes, and handed her husband a wad of cash. I'm glad you had fun, she conceded. CJ could hardly sleep that night. They were up thinking. About Agatha, about Aaron, about Ven. Their minds swirled with emotions, giddy and guilty and grieving, enamored and enraged and excited. But for the first time, they were okay with the complexity. And a door closed. Neighborly is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Like 4.0 International License. Today's house was written by Alex Schwartz with dialogue editing by Kit Robson, soundscaping by Matthew O.K. Smith, music by Alex Schwartz, and art by Cloudy Apple Art. The narrator is voiced by Matthew O.K. Smith. To find out more, visit neighborlypod.card.co or follow us on social media at neighborlypod. If you enjoyed listening today, information on how you can support us will be included in the episode description. Most of all, we would appreciate it if you told a friend. Because they might tell a friend, and they might tell a friend, and who knows? Eventually, God might finally listen to us. Today's concept of the day is creatures and beasts. I implore you to think about creatures and beasts. Please. You must. It's urgent. Thanks for listening. Come back soon. Shall we begin? Let's do it. Let's begin. Welcome. I'm Bastet. I'll be running your operation. The project's official name is the Adventurer's Research of Abnormal Civilian Experiences, or Project Arrowace for short, to investigate the unusual occurrences that have been happening everywhere recently. I've hired you all for your uh, indisputable military prowess. I'm going to be honest. I think we should run. Your academic expertise. I don't know. I'm not a wizard in real life. And your hands-on experiences. Tentacles belong in the Ocean. My name's Totia Atherdale. There is someone inside and they are our responsibility. I am going in, if you wouldn't like to. You guys can stay, you guys can go back to the herd. But there's someone inside who needs our help and I am going to go and help them. I am playing Morgan Serenity Aldridge. Uh, I own it. Is there a chance I could take a quick sample? Like, is there a, uh, like a... Can I have a scrap of fabric uh, from your clothing, perhaps? Uh, and you too, Mr. Camarius. That's a weird thing to ask somebody. It's not, it's for science. I am playing Raina Riftwood. Lying on the bed, 
is actually Oscar Sterling, but he is far, far older than you remember him. You remember he should be like 25. This man is in his 90s. I probably should have asked this earlier, but um, how many years has it been since that day? I don't, I don't know. Rainer, it's been 70 years. What happened to you? I'm playing Waralta Kelbeen, or as I'm more commonly known, uh, Delphinium or Delphi. I want to know how you found out about this particular opportunity and why you decided to join us. I'm afraid I'm not entirely sure. I was travelling with my father along the way some events transpired. Afterwards, when I was back, I don't know how to describe it. But I, I knew that this was happening or going to happen. By what? Premonition or? No. It was like the memory was always there. Can everyone please roll for initiative? Oh, I nearly cut so hard. <laughs> Deck of Many Aces is an actual play podcast made by an all aromantic and asexual cast and crew. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, releasing every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deck of Many Aces.